Welcome again to the SEM podcast. Zach Hewlett here and Jack Bryce will be here shortly. And uh, tonight we are privileged to have the famous Allison Laird, now <laughs> Allison Toon, if I said it right, hopefully. Yep. Allison, how are you? Doing pretty well. I'm a little nervous, to be honest, but good. <laughs> You know, it, it's not an uncommon thing for those that have been on the podcast in the past to come on and be a little nervous. But as Jack and I tend to remind people as we we talk, this is the truth according to you. So what, <laughs> what, what you remember and uh, yeah. the thoughts that you share hopefully are provoking to someone listening to say, I remember that, but then they'll come on and tell their side of the story too. So it's yeah. been really a unique experience for Jack and I to kind of merge all the different seasons of each individual's life into the mission and how we all kind of had a collective impact on the, the mission as a whole. So yeah. um, where are you calling us from tonight? St. Louis. Well, outside of St. Louis, but St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Are you from yeah. there originally or just life has taken you there? Yeah, uh, no, life has just taken us here. It's kind of funny because it's one of those places that um, you never, I don't know, at least for my husband and I, um, we really didn't know anybody from St. Louis. And so when he got a job here for Boeing, we were kind of like, St. Louis, we've driven through St. Louis. That's where the arch is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know anything else about St. Louis and I don't know anyone from St. Louis. And, um, but we discovered the thing is that because it, it really is an amazing place, like it's just super um, family friendly and just they, anyway, we, we figure, so here's the thing. It's so amazing. Nobody leaves, but nobody really wants to come either because you hear like the statistics of like St. Louis being super sketchy and like right. highest crime rate. But the trick is that they, the way that they've, mark things geographically like St. Louis city is like right like the very you know couple miles downtown mm -hmm. and then St. Louis county is like totally safe so like nobody's going to hang out in the middle of you know ghetto any city um <laughs> but that's what people think like that's like there's murders everywhere in St. Louis but it's actually really really the opposite it's just amazing so yeah we've loved it we've been out here for 10 years and counting oh, cool very yeah. cool well good so have you been listening to the podcast? I didn't ask you that before we started. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. just to remind you the format, we'll talk pre-mission and your decision to serve and then ultimately your reaction to getting your call to Scotland. Then yeah. we'll jump over the mission, talk about life since being home. Then we'll go back through the mission. So sure. Allison, the floor is yours. Well, okay. So this is the the funny thing. Um, since my mission, I have been diagnosed with ADHD, which makes a whole lot of sense in my world, right? Like, yeah, I've discovered that I'm a little bit mouthy. Um, well, not discovered, but I understand now the reason why I'm a little bit mouthy. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can talk and talk and talk. So just tell me to shut up if I'm like getting all over the place, but no way. No, not, not at all. <laughs> You'll be like, this is the first one that's like three hours. Wow. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't, you wouldn't beat the record. I can tell you if it was that long. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, um, I guess a little bit of background for me on how I came to serve a mission. 
I think uh, when I was a little girl, I wanted to serve a mission, you know, in primary. Mm-hmm. And then I like our family life just was hard. We just had uh, hard things happening. You know, I had a sister that died and um, all the, you know, lots of mental health stuff in my family. So it kind of just went by the wayside. I just didn't, it was kind of more like survival, you know, in high school and middle school and all those things, which is maybe true for most of us, but yeah. Hello. Sure. Hi, Jack. Hi. <laughs> um, you just caught me at the beginning of my ramble. So there you go. Carry on. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I went to my freshman year at BYU and I failed out, bombed my BYU freshman year. Um, I think I even had like a partial scholarship or something like that. And I just was a hot mess. I read Harry Potter, to be honest. Like, I'm pretty sure I read Harry Potter (laughs) for like all of my classes. It was ridiculous. So learned a hard lesson that way. And then um, I kind of came away from my freshman year of BYU and I was like, what the heck? What am I going to do? Like, I'm just terrified that I'm going to screw up my freshman year or my, you know, my next year's. So I went to live with my uncle um, in Georgia because my parents had moved with the military to um, Germany. Oh, wow. And yeah, so he's been in, he's a career military guy, my dad. Hmm. Um, So anyway, they had moved and I was like, well, I'm still here in the United States and I don't know what I'm going to do. So my my uncle was kind enough to take me in um, and living with him, it was just such a good experience for me. It really was the first time. I had it like an active priesthood holder in my home. Um, and it just, he said to me one time, you know, men are that they might have joy. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, I had heard that scripture before, but I just was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like I need to, I, I need to do something different with my life than, you know, reading Harry Potter and being depressed or whatever, all those different things that you go through in your young adulthood <laughs> and, and maybe after, but um but I was in the thick of it. And so my, um, my uncle suggested, you know, maybe you should, you should go, you know, live with your family in Germany for a little while, try and figure things out. And I was on a train ride out with my parents in Germany. And, um, and my mom said something about a mission and she's active. She's an active member and always has been, and really kind of like the rock, you know, of our family, mm-hmm. um, in spiritual ways, you know, my dad's awesome, awesome in other ways, but, um, but she mentioned something about a mission and I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go on a mission. Um, uh, but it was like, you know, 21 still was two years away or something like that, you know, at least a year and a half. Um, so I stayed there in Germany and I was um, just working there on the air base in a, a daycare center, which doesn't pay very much, but I was saving up for my mission. And, um, and I just, uh, yeah, I just waited until I was ready to go. And I put in my mission papers and it was a really crazy experience because I, I struggled with so much, you know, self-doubt and a lot of anxiety, all these things that I didn't know, you know, like the things you don't get diagnosed with until like, you're, you're like, my kids are struggling. And then you're like, oh, that's what that was. So, so I ended up, um, I ended up just having this experience that really kind of shook me up where I was like, Oh my gosh, heavenly father's telling me that this is wrong. I'm not supposed to go. So I applied for my mission, um, put in my papers and I, I didn't get it. And I didn't get a mission call, you know? And it, I mean, I was in Germany, so it was a little bit longer, but I was like, this has been like two months and I haven't gotten a mission call. And wow. I talked to my bishop. I know. And I was like freaking out. Cause I was like, what, 
what's going on? So um, I talked to my bishop and he was like, well, I know where you're going. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah. And I talked to my state president. And he's like, I know where you're going. And I was like, well, what? What? So my mission papers or my mission call had gotten lost in the mail. And so I ended up telling, no, actually, before I even told my wow. family, I did end up having to tell my family in the um, bishop's office. Like once one Sunday when the state president was like, uh, this is a little bit unorthodox, but like, let's just pull everybody into the bishop's office and you can just like announce it. So I didn't have like the, you know, the big reading. And I was like, surely this is a sign that God is telling me I am not worthy to go on my mission. But um, <laughs> so I, but the funny thing is before I had even gotten my mission call or that experience of like being told, I had gotten a phone call from the like the mission coordinator or something mm -hmm. um, to tell me about preparing for my visa. And I was like, I haven't gotten a mission call. And she says like, well, you're going to Scotland. And it was so crazy because like I had somebody verbally tell me where I was going on my mission with, you know, without reading anything. And it was like this amazing, like, of course I'm going to Scotland. And then like, where is Scotland? And just all these feelings of like, being nervous and like, but feeling excited and just, you know, all of that stuff where I just thought like, this is, this is crazy, but it makes so much sense. But I just don't, you know, it's just hard to wrap your mind around it. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then I had to like tell my parents, I, well, first of all, I felt super guilty for knowing without my parents knowing. And I ended up telling my, anyway, telling my mom, like, mom, I know where I'm going. This is what happened, but I can't tell you because. I feel like I'm not supposed to say anything until I officially like get my papers and maybe, maybe the Lord is going to change something and like, be like, no, you're actually going to St. Louis or something, or something like that. But, um, so it was just so, it was so crazy to see how Satan really, like, I knew that I needed to go and I wanted to go, but it was just, he just knows, he just knows how to like pull you down, like getting, getting right in there from the very beginning. Um, so anyway, I ended up going on my mission and it was great. But And yeah. do you remember timeline wise um, when you entered the MTC? Yeah, I was there July 2003, July okay. 9th, 2003. And then I came home January 2005. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That means that you were probably in the mission home. Oh, I guess you left in just before I got there. I got there in February. So, but I was at the MTC in January of 05. So oh, fun. we just missed each other. Yeah. Very so cool. So you were, you were coming in to fill, fill, fill the gaps that I left. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I don't think you left many gaps. There weren't many to fill Allison. I could tell you oh, that. Well, thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So take us to January of 2005. Tell us about what life's been like since then and what you've been up to. Well, um, so when I came home from my mission, um, I, I remember driving home, you know, with my mom, they'd moved to South Carolina by this point while I was on my mission. So I was coming home to like, you know, I don't know who any of these people are. It was very anticlimactic, like, oh, they apparently have another daughter, you know, <laughs> like, hello everyone. <laughs> so, um, I came home and I remember driving, you know, an hour and a half back home from the stake center. And just thinking, what am I going to do? You know, because I failed out with my freshman year at BYU and hadn't gone back. And so here I am off of my mission, 20, how old are you when you come off as a sister? 22 or 20, you know, mm -hmm. I don't remember. I think I might've been close to 23. Maybe I was even 23. 
Um, but definitely, you know, like that's when all the sisters that I had gone my freshman year were like graduating, they were married, you know, all these different things. And so it was just this feeling of like, I loved my mission and now what? I'm like starting four years behind. So um, I went back to BYU and Scotland really formed so much of, you know, my adult life since then. Um, I went to, uh, got a degree in social work because of, you know, all of the social work stuff that, you you know, just anyway, missions (laughs) and um, dealing with people's uh, issues and problems as a missionary, you know, kind of persuaded you a little bit. Oh, so did. It was so crazy because just all of the times that you, you go to teach somebody and you're like, did you, did you read anything? And they're like, well, no, I, I didn't. And I'm like, why didn't you read anything? And I think I just had this aha moment of just the spiritual connection between like, if you're not willing to put in work for something, you're not going to get any spiritual growth. Right. And so it just became like my mission in life. Like I am, I, you know, I am going to teach people to put work into things. And, and that's really kind of where I got into social work, but. Wow. That's cool. So I, yeah, it was, it was cool, but, um, we, I studied there and um, graduated in 2008. And so I started in 2000, right? So 2008 is when I'm finally graduating. I am like this, I am, I am the epitome of like the late bloomer. I will tell you what. <laughs> um, so I ended up, um, I ended up being out at BYU when my husband was there. Um, and my mom and dad had since moved to Pennsylvania keeping track of all this, right? Mm -hmm. They since moved to Pennsylvania and my mom calls me and she says, there's my younger sister's piano teacher um, in the ward and they just had a son come home from a mission. Um, And I was like, okay, I'm now 27 or at the time I was like 26 or something, 25. And he's just (laughs) fresh off of his mission. He's 21. I'm like, no, I'm not. I've already been branded as like the old maid. There's no way I'm going to put myself in the line of fire to feel like an old maid again. So I was like, no, 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 that's just too old mom. So it was my husband and I, we didn't meet each other until a year later when I graduated and I went to live in Pennsylvania. Um, and it was just so easy to like, to know that we were supposed to be together. So I, again, I was 28. He's a little bit younger than I am. So he's, um, he was 23 so I was a cradle robber, no less. So late bloomer, cradle robber, like ADHD, like all of the, I'm just like a hot mess over here. But um, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting embarrassed because I'm like sharing all this. This is why I wore a turtleneck. Um, no embarrassment, anyway, Allison. Come on, you're fine. We'll just we'll just share all the all the stuff. But um, so we've been married since 2009, and we have, um, like I said, we he we moved back to Utah so he could finish his degree um, at BYU, and then we, he got a job at at Boeing in St. Louis. Um, and we have four kids. Um, our oldest is 12, and then we have a 10 year old and an eight eight and a half year old son. Um, so two girls, a boy, and then a seven-year-old daughter, seven-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Um, so we're we're homeschooling, which is pretty much, you know, my full-time job right now. And um, we started a business a couple years ago during COVID. We live on a farm. So um, because all of my kids have ADHD. So sometimes you have to just, like, let them run and get out yeah. their steam, right? Yeah. So we moved to a farm um, a, cu- a few years, 2018. 
And uh, we ended up um, starting kind of farm classes during COVID, just, just kind of let people, let kids be kids. And that turned out really well. Um, and we loved it. But this past year, um, we just got hit with diagnosis after diagnosis after diagnosis of um, just various things. And so right now, um, we're trying to figure out lupus for me, um, which wow. just makes me super tired. Um, and so we kind of shut down the the business side of things. And we're just working on figuring that out. And our kids all got diagnosed with celiac disease, believe it or not, like four out of four. So we're just like, holy cow, <laughs> it's just insane. But it's been, it's not been a bad journey. It's just been, you know, different. And that's like the story of my life. I feel like it's just, you know, nothing ever ends up being the way that you expect it to be. And just kind of roll with the punches and as we all, as we all learn to do, I guess. Yeah, I think See, a lot of people can relate to that. It's just life comes at you. It does. But you roll with it. Yeah. So, you, so you guys don't grow wheat on your farm, right? No, <laughs> no. Not anymore, we, anyway. No, we do not. And I should say, it's like a seven-acre like homestead. Don't think like oh, okay. it's not like you know anything. No ranch. I'm not like who's that lady in Walmart? The redheaded lady. <laughs> Pioneer woman. Pioneer woman. I am not pioneer woman. No, we are like (laughs) messy kitchen. Like, yeah, the antithesis, just like real life, you know, we have animals. It's (laughs) it's lived in. It's not a model home, right? Yeah. No. (laughs) Good for you. That's so fun. (laughs) So, so far from it. And huge props to you for being your kid's teacher. I'm sure that that's been a unique challenge to you beyond everything else that you're doing. So. We, yeah. we salute you for that. That's, that's a big deal. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's a joy though. It really is. It's also hard, but it is a joy. That's wonderful. Well, Allison, take us back now through, um, you can start at the MTC. You can start at the mission yeah. home in Scotland, you know, but, uh, go through your areas, your companions and your memories. We're excited to hear. Oh, well, okay. So I was, I was so excited about this because I don't know if you guys remember, maybe you guys were even the ones that did this. I don't know. Um, A couple of years ago, gosh, it's probably been five years now. We were kind of encouraged to go back through our mission journals and see if we could find people that we had taught and like reconnect with them. Do you remember that? I don't, I don't even know who started that. Doesn't ring a bell for me at all. No. Okay. Sounds like a good idea, but. Yeah. Well, I didn't do it. So, (laughs) so this, but for five years, I've been planning on doing it. So this was really good because I was like, I'm going to be in front of people and I'm going to have to talk about it. So I did actually go back through and read my, my journals. And that was just such a neat experience to just be able to, um, kind of relive it, you know, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gone through my journals even once, um, maybe like gone through and like referred back to things or, you know, looked to see if I, you know, remember teaching that person or what, but I've mm-hmm. not read through my journals um, until now. And it's coming up on my 20 years of going into the MTC this summer. Wow. Um, so that's a lot. I know, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're um, all getting, we're all getting there, Allison. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Um, yeah. So I, it was just so cool. Um, I think, uh, well, so to the MTC, um, kind of a funny thing about coming uh, out from Germany was that I had to get my endowments out in Germany. And Mm -hmm. I didn't remember this at all, but um, so my endowment session was in German. 
and I had like the headset on. Um, anyway, it just was, it was funny to look back and be like, oh, I remember that was a different experience. Like it was good and it felt good, but it's just like, that is, that is so funny that I, you know, that that was my first experience um, was going through in a different language. And then um, when I got into the MT or into uh, the mission, the MTC was great. Um, there was like a small handful. I don't know. Preston is just small. I think every every group probably was like pretty small. But um, I think we maybe had like, I, I want to say like 30 to 60 maybe in there oh, wow. somewhere. You know, not very much at all. Um, and so there was myself. There was maybe like six or seven of us. I can't remember. There were The majority were elders. Um, and then we had Sister Bird and Sister Bond and Sister Cahoon and I um, were the sisters that came out. Um, Elder Nelson, um, uh, Simon White, and um, I'm picturing people, Elder Austin. I'm thinking that that's his last name, Austin. Anyway, there are, there are a bunch of, you know, elders that came out as well. Um, Elder Pattenden, they're, you know, just really great guys. Um, and I don't remember too many, like, funny stories from the MTC. Except for like, I think, you know, there was that partition between the elders and sisters wing. And I think I remember people like slipping notes or something, like nothing dodgy, but just like, you know, just because there was a partition only. And so I was like, look what we can do. Like we can send stuff under the partition. Um, So I remember that of all things. And like my brother, one of the people, the investigators was a companion of my brother when he served a mission. So, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. That he was in in Preston, um, and was able to like be one of my teaches there. Oh, okay. So now this is the big thing about the MTC. So because I, I came out when I did, it was like right at the end of missionary guide. Um, you know, this, the, what, however many seven lessons or whatever there were. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting the missionary guide packet in the MTC and our MTC teacher being like, okay, he just totally, you know, he, they'd just gotten this new direction that we weren't going to be using the missionary guide anymore. Right. So he gives it to us and he's like, I want you to have this, but we're not really, we're not really going to use it. Like instead it was just kind of open up your, open up your, (laughs) I'm just laughing, open up your missionary guide and like try and make a lesson out of this. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Like, like you want me just to like handwrite what's already printed here? Like I, it was, it was like, I don't get it. Like, what do you, what are you even saying to me? It was just like the weirdest moment for me. Like I was fully expecting that we were going to be like reading this verbatim. Right. And, and doing like the flip chart things. And that's what everybody had told me about. And uh-huh. and here he's like, we're not going to do that. We're going to do something completely different, but we don't really know what it is yet. So it was like this caveat of like, okay, we are supposed to be learning and using like our MTC time really well, but I don't have any idea what that, what that's going to look like or how I'm supposed to do that. So that's kind of, um, I feel like that was kind of the the theme of my mission overall was just kind of being in this guinea pig phase of, hmm. um, of just like phasing out missionary guide, but it was before preach my gospel was released. Um, and preach my gospel was released. I think we got it in like November, um, the November before I went home in January. So, I mean, it was, it was really like, it was the pretty much my full mission, um, of just kind of just winging it really like all of us just being, you know, president brains included, included just 
like, okay, got new direction. Like we're not going to do the certification anymore. We're going to do this certification and just, just constantly like different iterations of, of, um, direction, I guess, from the first presidency. Um, and I think that that was, uh, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe we were a select group of, <laughs> maybe all of us had ADHD where we're like, yeah, that sounds really great. Like, let's just switch it again. Let's just do it. Like, <laughs> like, cause it just was, you know, I don't know. It would be funny to take a, a poll to see, you know, during that time that I was serving, like how many of us did have ADHD? I'm sure the Lord prepped that somehow. Um, were you, were anyway. you President Brain's first group? Yes, we were. I, oh, cool. I think so. I think we were present. Free. Yes, because my MTC or my um, mission call had President Wilkinson on there. Oh, yeah. Wow. So I remember talking to President Wilkinson on the phone, I think, um, and then coming into President Breen's. Yeah. So that's funny. I forgot about that. So, um, so I served Sister Gardner was my first companion, and she... Um, she and I were in Edmonton, or Edmonton, sorry. Um, we were in um, Edinburgh. Oh my gosh, I'm looking, I, anyway, <laughs> something's caught my eye over here. Um, but we were in Edinburgh for my first area. We were in Morningside, actually for six months, I think I was there. Maybe it was nine. Wow. I can't remember when I moved everywhere, but um, but it was a long time. I think she was there for nine months and I was there for six months. Um, but I was, she was leaving um, so I was her last companion. She was my first companion and, um, she was just fabulous. Um, and I have to say again, caveat to any sisters that, that watch this, um, I've learned a lot about being a companion, you know, from my mission. And I've learned a lot about how to not be a companion. And so just blanket apology across the board, because, you know, I, we just do a crappy job sometimes being companions when we're, you know, <laughs> so there's just, let's just put that out there. Um, I think I really gave her a hard time. Um, unfortunately she was so sweet and she was, I think I gave all my companions a hard time to be honest, maybe not at the end. I think I'd gotten a lot better at the end, but like, I don't know. I think I just had this, this feeling of like insecurity and just like really feeling like I needed to do things really well and just had to work really hard. And I just really didn't want to, um, let anybody down. And, um, so like the beginning of my journals are just like, I'm like, Oh, poor Allison, you poor, poor thing back then. Like you just thought you were crap. Like, like <laughs> you know, like, like, Oh man, sister Gardner must hate me. And like, you know, all these different things. I'm like, I didn't know I was, I didn't think I was that miserable for like my first, you know, six months of not that I was miserable with her, but just like how you just like really beat yourself up. And you're like, if I just work harder, if I just do this, if I just do that. Um, so I'm sure her coming off of her mission, like leaving her mission, she was probably like, stop it. Like just settle down, like bring it, right, bring it right down here. So bless her heart. But we did have a lot of really great experiences. Um, I, it just was amazing to me how many people from all over the world are in Scotland, like just the variety of people, you know, just teaching so many different faiths and so many different um, languages. Like I remember getting Prost Book of Mormons of like so many different, you know, like Tamil and like, you know, pr you know, uh, Spanish or like Brazilian and all just so many different 
languages that we'd have to order um, for the people that were teaching because it wasn't, you know, English wasn't their first language. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just such a neat experience to just have that. Um, even though I wasn't speaking another language, it was just this like, wow, I could not have had a more multicultural, you know, experience than coming to Scotland. Um, so that was amazing. Um, we did, I, I was trying to think like what silly or funny um, experiences that we had and uh, that I actually recorded because again, like I said, like the majority of it was like, I'm so tired and you know, I I'll write more tomorrow. And then I'm sorry, I didn't write, you know, all those things. <laughs> so anyway, I was, were your journals like this too? Or is this just me? <laughs> okay. Oh, definitely. We all had those days where we were just like, I, there's no way I can keep my eyes open for two more seconds. I'd need to go to bed. Yeah. And like things <laughs> I feel like I really wish that I'd written about that. I was like, what? That's all I said. Like, that was a big deal. <laughs> that's like, I didn't write anything about that. Like, <laughs> yeah. In the moment you don't think about that, but right. But in hindsight, yeah. you're like, that was kind of dumb. You know, we all have right. those moments. Yeah. Like lots of those. moments. <laughs> so many of those. but I'll tell you what I did write down. And, um, I can't remember the name of the sister that we had taken with us to go street contacting. Um, but I don't know if I was just super tired. I, 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 I'm going to say it was just super tired, but we were street contacting and I had gotten into the habit of saying like, hiya, may I speak with you? And like to approach somebody. And I had said to this guy, hiya, may I sleep with you? And he, he was just, and I, we both like at the same time were like, did we? and they just like kind of, you know, tried to like play it off. And the sister that had, t- she was like a young adult. And I, I think she had some, um, some uh you know special needs she might have been a little developmentally delayed she just couldn't handle it she just like broke down laughing as i'm trying to like maintain my composure and like <laughs> like you know have you ever heard about the church you know, or whatever i don't remember how i took it from there but um but it was just like irrecoverable and so like then it continue on and like the next person i did the same thing and it was just like <laughs> Because I was so fixated on, like, I can't believe I just said that. One approach so, to get people to stop. <laughs> oh, it, was, it was the worst. It was the worst. It was just, like, oh my you, like you know that you're so tired when you're just, like, like, I don't know where that came from. Like, that was just, anyway. So That was, um, that was the open your mouth promise in the wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> open your mouth and it'll oh. be filled with the wrong thing to say. Right. And, and this, and this in front of this person, that's going to tell everybody, like, she's going to just <laughs> like, just remember it forever. And that's probably the only thing that she will ever remember about me is that I'm like a full-time missionary propositioning, you know, myself on the street. But anyway, so um, we did, we did teach. Um, yeah. We just had some cool experiences um, there. Yeah. There are just so many neat people and, uh, yeah, I think it just blows your mind how many good people there are, you know, just so many good people. And even if they're not, um, they don't progress or any of those types of things, like just, it was just such a blessing to be able to talk to people, you know, and, um, and to forget yourself and just kind of put yourself out there. Um, I remember really loving street contacting, believe it or not. Like that was just in Edinburgh, that, that was my favorite thing to do is just be out on the street and like, just talking to whomever you could talk to. And, um, yeah, it was just really cool. Um, after we were in, um, Morningside for six months, I ended up, let's see. So she, sister Whitbeck 
came in after. So I, I guess at my three month mark, Sister Whitbeck, Marie Whitbeck came in and um, she and I finished out um, uh, serving in Edinburgh. And that was my first Christmas. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a, a weird feeling, right? To be away from home on your first Christmas and first Thanksgiving and just being like, this is this is not America, right? <laughs> like this is just, this is just different. And we got these, you know, we keep being asked if we were Jehovah's Witnesses. So we got these like um, sparkly, like badges, brooches or something that like, you know, your kids would wear, you know, somewhere it's, we would wear that as we were street contacting. So people wouldn't ask us if we were Jehovah's Witnesses. Cause it's like, clearly not because this is, a, this is a Christmas tree. Um, That's pretty good. Like yeah, it. it it wasn't super effective, I'll be honest. I think I had a lot of people still think it was, you know, they still ask, but um let's see. Then I moved up to Aberdeen and um was serving with Sister uh, Sister Samus. It was uh is that right? No, I started with Sister Jane's, um Stephanie Jane's and she and I served in Aberdeen, like the ward Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, and then like midway through, we were sent up to Bridget Dawn. Um, and I can't remember why I said, you know, some vague thing in my journal, but I don't know what the real reasons were. So, um, <laughs> so we ended up going up to Bridget Dawn and, um, and she, I think came out six weeks before me. So that was the first time, no, six weeks after me. So that was the first time that I had, you know, was a senior companion. Um, and that was really hard. Like that was super hard um, for me just to be like, I don't know what I'm doing. And here I'm supposed to, I don't know the area. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be senior, but I'm not familiar with the area at all. Um, and I just didn't have a lot of confidence in general and just everything was, was just, you know, a struggle bus. Um, I remember going up and like street contacting in, in, um, in Aberdeen and just being like, this just feels different, you know, and everybody's speaking, it sounds different than Edinburgh. And, um, just, I think I remember, I don't remember if it was in Edinburgh or in Aberdeen, but one of the members kept saying Ken. And I was like, who is this guy? Like, who is, you know, like all those things you're like, I don't want to ask, but should I know this? You know, you can. Or like, yeah, you can fit like, I'm like, what, what, what are you even saying? So, um, so that was another, it was like a readjustment, right? Like every area, yeah, it's just always yeah. a new experience, new accents. And um, so, yeah, so we, when we went into Bridget Dawn, it was funny because like Aberdeen, it just kind of felt hard, not because of the ward, although, you know, there was some ward um, and stake stuff going on there. Um, but, but just like, it just, it just was hard. And then we went, you know, street contact, was hard. And then we moved to Bridget Dawn and it was just like this, like, oh yeah, this is like where we're supposed to be. Like it was, it was really neat. Cause it just felt like a, like, well, that's why, you know, like, I mean, that's not the only reason why it was hard, but it just felt like this is, you know, felt like this is where we're supposed to be. Hmm. Um, so we served there together. Um, I think we were only like three weeks or something there in that ward or that area before she then got transferred out. And then I trained sister Samus. Um, and Bless her heart. I was listening to Sister Samus and talking about Orkney. I don't remember that. I don't remember being like, Sister Samus, you're not going to go to go to Orkney. But um, <laughs> until she said that. And then I was like, I think we did have a conversation about that. But Sister, I mean, but it's, it's she was just on fire. Like, she just was amazing. And, you know, out of the NTC, just ready to go. Um, and 
uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard for me to be honest, because it's just, I, I just feel like I had these amazing sisters and I just felt so inadequate, you know? And, and I think that that's something that probably everybody struggles with to a certain extent. Um, but I just, yeah, I just had a really hard time and it wasn't, a, not with sister Samus herself, but just like as the position of, you know, um, supposed to know something, you know, when I'm like, I ramble an awful lot when I'm teaching and I'm supposed to get us out of appointments on time. And I like am always late, you know, I am never out of the appointments on time and I'm never home to the flat on time. And like, I am fail, 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 you know, like all of those things. Um, anyway, but we did work really hard. I, I should, I, I have to say, despite all of my very many dumb, you know, just kind of forget the rules ever existed moments. Um, we did work really hard, um, and, and had our hearts in the right place. So, um, so I then, uh, sister, sister Samus went to Orkney, um, and then sister McGowan came in, Jade McGowan. And, um, and that was, I think that was really hard for her. Um, well, I think, you know, I think all of my, my companions have had a hard time because uh, to be honest, like, I don't know if, there's just like this blossoming that happens like on your mission where you just kind of become comfortable with yourself. Right. And you just become like, okay, this is who I am. And the Lord loves me this way. And I'm okay. You know, with all my weaknesses and all those things, it probably took me until sister McGowan to be like, okay, with like being myself. Um, and, and just, I think I just felt like I was, um, yeah, I, I was afraid that people wouldn't, like me, you know, for being, having opinions about things. And so I was always just very sweet and very nice. And, um, and not that I, you know, I don't know, I, it would be really interesting to watch me, but I think it'd be really painful too, to be like, Oh, ah, like just, you know, to see yourself in your start of your mission. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so she said to me once, she was like, I just don't feel like I know you at all. And maybe that's not, I'm paraphrasing. Cause I, I don't know how exactly she said it, but that's what came across to me. And I just was like, like cut to the quick. Cause I felt like, Oh man, this is my, whatever. I don't know how many companion this is fifth or something companion. And, um, and man, like this has been a perpetual thing in all of my companionships where they just feel like they don't know me very well. And I've been serving with them for months, 24 seven, you know, it's not like we're, <laughs> you know, seeing each other after church or something. Um, and I had this like really pivotal moment where I was like, I need to like loosen up. I need to like be okay making mistakes and I need to be okay like being myself and like just, you know, saying I'm tired or like just really making connections with my companions. And that changed the rest of my mission. You know, like, like I said, um, we, it's not like we were doing anything wrong, you know, not majorly wrong, like little, you know, stupid things, but um, we weren't like, you know, hanging out with the elders or something like that on the side or anything. Um, but, but it was just, it was just this complete difference from like the hardworking that I was doing before to like the loving and the connecting and still working hard, but it was like so much more efficient and effective. And, and then like the rest of my mission, um, I served with sister, um, sister, sister Cahoon in Kilmarnock. Um, Julie Cahoon and then Sister Jones, Sister Sharon Jones, um, and Sister Allie Malin. And those those three I feel like were a very different feel than my initial, you know, set of companions. 
um, because I had changed so much, you know, not that, not that I, you know, there were still things that were hard, but I just feel like I felt my, my mission experience was just drastically different, you know, and it, it just was a testimony to me that the Lord loves you no matter what, you know, you're there raw and like imperfect and you're just trying. And that's exactly what he needs you to do. And it's totally okay that you, you know, whatever, any of the things, you know, it's totally okay. Um, and yeah, that's just changed my life forever. I think, sorry, not to get emotional, but like, yeah. That's great. Yeah. If if there's anything about my mission, um, that's like the number one thing. So, um, but I think some of the funny things that, that happen, I just, Sometimes I think as sisters, we're just so dense sometimes about like, and elders too, like we just don't know if somebody's actually really interested or if they're like, think you're cute, you know, or things like that. So there were a few of those things where, you know, probably members had to step in and be like, you need to drop that guy, you know, or like, or whatever. And uh, yeah, there's just lots of things like that where there were some close calls where I remember going, I was chapping with Sister Cahoon and Kilmarnock, and we just had this scary experience where um, we chapped into this guy. And I, yeah, again, stupid, stupid. Don't do this, right? Like, these are the things you tell missionaries not to do, or you just don't even tell the story. But, um, you know, we weren't supposed to, we weren't supposed to go in and teach somebody, right? We broke that rule all the time. Sorry, President Brains. Like, if he ever sees this, like, totally. <laughs> I learned my lesson from this, this experience. Um, so we, you know, we went in and, and we're teaching him a first discussion or something they're trying to, and he was so creepy, like so creepy. Like I, I'm pretty sure I may be exaggerating, but I don't, you know, sister Cahoon gets on here and she remembers this. You can have her verify. Um, I'm pretty sure he locked the door, you know, like when we came inside and he had like all this videography equipment everywhere. And he just asked like the most inappropriate questions, you know, all kinds of all kinds of sleazy questions. And I had like this feeling of like, if we do not leave and sister Cahoon did too, like if we do not leave this apartment right now, we will not leave this apartment. Like we have to get out of here. And so, yeah. So we ended up being like, you know what? We're actually really late. Like, can we come back and finish our appointment some other time? And I think he just was like, Oh, okay. They're going to come back. And he, you know, it kind of caught him off guard and we were like, never again. And it like was one of those experiences where you just pray and pray for, you know, I don't know how long we prayed after just to like to get like heebie-jeebies, you know, like, oh, so there, there are a couple of those times when we're just like, mm, no, that was a bad, bad time to, you know, to not pay attention to the white handbook or whatever. Um, so we had those types of things, but then we also had, you know, so many cool experiences, um, you know, where you're just in the right place and you just get to talk to somebody and it's just so edifying and you, you have that connection. Um, you know, those are treasure. Um, sorry. Um, so yeah, there were lots of cool things like that. Um, we did have a couple, by the time I was serving with sister Jones, um, so sister Jones is a senior, senior sister and sister, I think sister bird. So I don't know if I should share this, but I'm pretty sure that the senior sisters, when they served together, did not get along. Um, and so they, so I think president Breens was like, let's stop doing that. And let's start pairing them with, with younger sisters. 
Um, and I don't know if this was the case for Sister Jones, but man, she was amazing. She was like, she was so much fun. Um, and I wrote in my journal, like, she just feels like my grandma. Like, we just get along so well. And I just, you know, it's just awesome. But I remember this one time we were serving together and we, I, I, so I have my glasses, right? And I took off my glasses uh, to go to sleep, obviously. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I like couldn't see very clearly, but I was pretty sure Sister Jones was like standing, standing over me, <laughs> like over by the door. And I was like, Sister Jones, like, what are you doing? And then I looked over and she was asleep in the bed. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, what is so I just like pulled the covers up and like went back to sleep. I was like, please don't leave me. Like, please let that. And then like the next morning I woke up and like it was like that we had had um. I don't know, like new era ads or something on the door, but it looked like a body. Cause it was like, you know, like the smaller one was up here and then it was like white. Cause the moonlight was hitting. The, and I was like, oh. and I told sister Jones and she's like, okay, <laughs> you're just, you're just, uh, I don't know what, but. Um, sister yeah, Jones was in my MTC group. She was, was she? She's pretty funny. Yeah. She's so funny. She's just, she was awesome. And she put up with, I mean, it was me and Sister Malin together for a while and Sister Jones. We did a, a trio in Livingston and um, it was just so much fun. Like, it really was so much fun. Um, we did this uh, Armor of God, um, uh, an Armor of God like skating. We did like a, a roller, not rollerblading, skateboarding, sorry, skateboarding with like knee pads and stuff for Armor of God. And it, and it just was like, at the beginning of my mission, I've been like, mm, I don't think that that's like kosher. Like, I don't think we're supposed to be doing things like this. But, you know, by the end of my mission, I was like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do it. Like, let's invite all the youth and we'll do this thing. Um, and they just were so, had such great ideas. And um, yeah, it just was, it was just awesome to to serve with them, both of them. Um, trying to think if there are any other, I mean, there's lots of little things, you know, the, the people that you teach. Um, we had a, an experience in Edinburgh where, um, you know, the, it was one of those where it's like the last store of the last, you know, last hour of the day. And, um, but he literally came out, um, he was like the very bottom door of the flat. And I think I was serving with sister Sam. No, that was Edinburgh. So it was sister Whitbeck maybe. Um, and, uh, he, he answered the door and he was like, I was just trying to call you. And we're like, oh, okay. And like, who's this guy, you know? Um, but sure enough, like he had written on his pan, his palm, like the, the name of the spy law building or something like that. Um, and he had been, he said that he had been, you know, trying to call the, the, um, church there and nobody had answered. Um, and he was just really upset and had, um, he, you know, he'd been taught by the missionaries before previous to, to us, um, and so we taught him for a little while, but he was, he, you know, he, he had a lot of struggles. Like he was an alcoholic and, um, that was one of those where after a little while, one of the members was like, eh, you know, I think you, you need to pass them on to an elder or set of elders or you need to, um, you know, drop them. So I don't know what came of him, but, but it was one of those moments where it's like, it works, like it works, like praying about what street you're going to go to, you know, and all those things, um, maybe it was just for that reason, like that the Lord just wanted us to know, like, hey, we're, I'm here with you. Like, I really am. I'm in it with you. Um, but that was really cool. So, um, yeah, the, I think the overall takeaway from my mission is just, uh, well, 
a cool thing I should say is that my, at one point I read in my journal that President Breen's, um, you know, I was really concerned about my dad because he's never been active. And, and, you know, you hear those missionary moments or those missionary stories of like being promised to, um, you know, have your family is going to be all fully active and things. So I talked to President Reigns about it and he, he'd given me a blessing um, and, and talked about my dad, but, you know, that he would, you know, be touched and things like that. Um, but one of the things that he had said was that, um, you know, if I'd, done the work and was faithful and things that I would have um, like 10 baptisms or something like that on my mission, which I think was like the mission goal or something was all of us to, you know, at the time was to have 10. So I don't think it was necessarily directed to me. I I mean, I shouldn't say that. Not that it wasn't directed to me, but like, I don't think it was like that one's going to have 10. Um, But it was just like, you know, a promise that if we're faithful, that we can, you know, we can um, do what the Lord has asked us to do or uh, promised us, I should say. And, and I didn't, you know, I didn't have 10 baptisms. And in fact, some of the people that um, got baptized, um, it was one of those experiences where it's like, uh, they probably were actually more interested in the elders or, you know, not that that was the only reason, but just kind of like, you know, you felt like they should have been taught longer, you know, they should have been more solid, done more, you know, could have probably waited a little bit before we, we, you know, um, had them get baptized. Um, but as I was reading through my journal, it was so cool because it, I would just like reference people that in previous areas that I got to be a part of teaching that they then ended up getting baptized. It wasn't me, you know, that baptized them, or I mean, it wasn't me anyway, but, um, you know, it wasn't, they weren't the people that, that I had been, I wasn't their set of mission. But I counted them up and there were actually like nine. And then one of them we were teaching passed away. So I'm counting that as the 10th <laughs> so, because um, they passed away while I was on my mission um, when we were actively teaching them. And and it was just cool to think like, you know, that's a testament to me that like none of us has to do it all. Like in our missions, you know, like there was that Susan Fuller. Is that what it was called? Like there was some talk with Susan Fuller that she came into the areas and just like changed the ward and was amazing missionary. And, and there was just like this, almost like a, like, I think that's what missionary work is supposed to be. Like we're supposed to be this epic that like we completely change the world around in our little sphere of our area. Um, and that's just unattainable, you know, for, I don't know, there probably are people that do that, but like, that's unattainable, you know, it's unrealistic to think that we're all going to be these, um, uh, am I being, I might be sacrilegious here. I'm showing lack of faith, but my point is that I don't think that that's what the Lord is asking us to do. You know, like he's asking us just to thrust in our sickle with our might and he will make the, the harvest come. And, and that was just the cool thing is to see, like, I didn't see, uh, you know, I didn't see this happen. I didn't see the 10 until 20 years later. Like that's when I looked back and I was like, you know, like it was, it really happened. Like 20 people or 10 people that I knew have been baptized, you know, on my mission. Um, and maybe more, you know, like maybe we don't know how many people of the people we taught 20 years ago, we don't know their stories and how it unfolded. Um, so it's just, it was just a really neat experience to feel like validated, I guess, that all those times when I felt like I just didn't work hard enough, or I just didn't, you know, all those times I was late to my appointments or late from my appointments, you know, um, it just felt like, no, I, think that that was okay. You know, you, you were still trying, you were repenting and trying to do good, but 
the Lord took care of it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I thought that all missionaries, when I left my mission, I thought all missionaries were supposed to be like Hammond, just baptize the whole nation. Right. Or Harley P. Pratt in Scotland before we got there, you know? Yeah. But and that's not the way like, it is. No. And times and seasons, like it's just, and it's so different. Um, uh, being in a, in a, in Parley P. Pratt's time, you know, like where you're, you're there with a village of people that all know each other and trust each other and you teach one of them and they all talk about it and they all want it versus like this individual person that's distracted constantly by social media and, you know, the internet. And if you can get that one person, hopefully that person will stick, maybe they'll pass it, you know, to some other people. It's just, I, I think that the, I shouldn't say that the degree of difficulty is higher, but I think that it's just very different and, um, and, you know, we do what we can and the Lord's going to have to do the rest of it. You know, he, he, we just can't, we can't control all of the things. And, yeah. and that was really hard for me, I think. Um, I did want to share one, I, speaking of Elder Pattenden from my MTC group, I, um, so one sister that we did end up getting baptized or that ended up getting baptized when we were there, um, her name was Margaret in Livingston. And um, I'm pretty sure it was Livingston. So she she was just a funny, funny, she's maybe, tw- I don't know, 24, 25, and um, was living in council housing because I think she had um, a little bit of brain damage. So she's on her own and um, and kind of living off of, off of the dole, you know, and, uh, and we taught her and she was just such, like, had such childlike everything. I mean, she was a grown up and she was competent and, but like we would teach her and be like, she just does not, she's not holding on to any of this information, like in one ear, out the other, but she really wanted us to, to keep teaching her. And, um, and then we would go and have a lesson and she'd be like, she would remember, like she would, she would make all the dots connect and she would remember all these things and, and, and she would just be super excited about it. And so it was kind of like this everlasting, like, I don't know, she wants to get baptized. Do we baptize her? Do we not? Like, she's kind of, you know, she probably doesn't really need, I don't know. We don't know the severity of her, you know, of her um, mental handicap, but she wants to get baptized. So um, we ended up, uh, I don't remember if we talked to the President Brains or what, but we talked to the district leaders and the zone leaders. And I can't remember if Elder Pattenden was our zone leader at the time, but, um, or district leader, but he came and and did a, an interview with her. And, um, and again, it was kind of one of those, like, I don't know, we have to talk about it, talk with the mission leader and things. And eventually it was like, okay, yeah, she wants to get baptized. You know, you know, she knows, she knows all the things that she needs to know. Um, so we'll let her, she, you know, she should be able to make that choice. So we, he goes to like fill out the paperwork or something. And she, doesn't remember her parents have passed away. She does not remember like their, their date of birth or anything like that. And we're like, Oh no, like, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't have whatever is required to like fill this out to be baptized. And then she like starts to giggle and she like pulls up her sleeve and she has like tattooed on her arm, <laughs> her parents like name and, and like date of birth. And are like, there you go, Margaret. Like, good job. But I have this picture in my journal of, of my um, scrapbook of like Elder Pattenden and Margaret. Like, she's got her, you know, bicep and her heart tattoo right here. And, and it was just one of those things where it's like, just, you know, those are precious memories that like I didn't write about it in my journal, but I remember it. Like, you know, why didn't I write about that? 
but anyway, it was it was just really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't have any other real uh, interesting a, stories, but I have a question for you, Allison. Sure. So, being, I think I know why Chris Patton was President Vrain's uh, favorite when I came into the mission. Um, now that I know that he was in your group, so tell us about uh, your favorite memories of President and Sister Vrain's um, that you can recall. Hmm. Well, um, <laughs> they're just characters, aren't they? Like. They're so fun. Um, I think, well, one of the things I think that about Sister Brains, you know, she just was so, so sweet to the mission, to the sisters anyway. I, I mean, maybe it's different experience when you're the elders, maybe she's harder on you, but we had a sister missionary conference and, you know, she just wanted to make sure that we were, um, you know, that we knew how to take care of ourselves and like cook things. And she, she made like a packet of like ready, you know, meals, recipes and things like that for us to make at home. And, um, now being a mom and looking back on it, it was like the most basic, 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 basic stuff that you could possibly cook, you know? And so it's just funny to think about sister brains, like, okay, I, I'm really not sure that anybody's going to like, you know, like her, what she must have thought of our abilities. And it's so, it's so true though, because like, I don't know if you guys were the same, but I mean, like we would eat chocolate and like baguettes and cheese. Like that's what we would eat for like our lunches and, you know, on the street somewhere. And that was like my round, my, my four course meal or whatever, like my, my food group plate. Um <laughs> So bless her heart. Like, I can't even imagine being a mission president's wife and just being like, you're all going to get, like, you're all going to have diabetes by the time you're, you know, 30 or whatever. Um, but she, yeah, she was just awesome. Um, I do remember once, so I, you know, my hair is kind of wavy and I, uh, I remember going to a zone conference and had like too much gel in my hair. And so it looked wet. And I remember her saying in front of everybody, like, sister sister Lair, did you just get out of the shower and i was just like mortified i was like oh my gosh like could i ever like it just i was so i was so so conscious about it in fact i wouldn't wear my hair curly for the longest time after that because i was just like i it looks like i'm out of the shower that's weird um but she just was yeah just super sweet president breen's um uh yeah he just he just had such a you know um, I, I guess I didn't spend as much time with President Reigns as I, I did with Sister Reigns. You know, no, obviously, because he's a man. But, um, you know, he just was always kind. And I remember talking to him a couple times just about, like, just all those feelings of insecurity. And him just being like, Sister Laird, you're, you're fine. And I remember, funnily enough, um, when I was getting ready to go home, him saying like, you were just so much more confident. Like you've just, you just have gotten so much more confident. And I was really resentful of that. Like not to his face, of course, but like, I was just like, what? Like he didn't think I was confident before, but now like reading my journals, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, oh, oh, like, I just can't even, oh, I don't even want to think about that first nine months person. Um, <laughs> So it's just funny just to see how he, he must, they must witness so many like, uh, you know, growth, you know, from start to finish and the drama, I'm sure there's gotta be so much drama and they just handled it so well. Like I never got a feeling that there was like 
that he was like, you know, um, upset with the mission, you know, like he wasn't ever like doom and gloom, like we're, you know, anything like that. It was just so loving and, and rolling with the punches, like really like talking about rolling with the punches. Like, I mean, he was right there learning with all of us and came into as a new mission president with like everything changing, like getting new direction every, however often, you know, um, and then preach my gospel and being like, okay, you know, like we're going to, I don't know how we're doing this. I really don't know. Just got out of the pilot program and, you know, let's go. Um, that would have just been really difficult to, yeah, to kind of have just almost like two different missions, really like mission present over, you know, just very different, um, processes, you know, going from like, let's teach this verbatim to like, I don't know, guys, wing it, like, uh, not wing it, but like, you know, teach by the spirit. Um, and now yeah. that's so commonplace and it's so intuitive to us all, I think. But, um, you know, at that time, it was just kind of, and he'd grown up with that, right? Like he'd grown up with like the, the, um, the scripting and like the mission manuals and all of the church manuals being like, here's the question, here's the answer. And just what an epic, epic uh, overhaul that would have been for both of them, I'm sure. And Anyway, yeah. so that's really yeah. true because that hadn't changed probably since our parents were serving missions. I mean, it had been a long time since there was any sort of adjustment to how the processes, like you said, of a mission and how missionaries functioned had changed in such a way. So, and we, yeah. all, and we all know too, that we were kind of the era after the raising the bar talk, I think it was Elder Ballard that gave that talk. And mm -hmm. talking about how we had to be at a different level of spirituality to serve a mission in this new era that was something that they hadn't even talked about yet. Um, yeah. So it was a great point. Yeah. And it, and even too, like I, like nobody had cell phones before I went on my mission. Like mm -hmm. that was not a thing. And that was my first cell phone was on my mission. And I remember being like, on the, on the bus. And there were like girls that were, you know, like 12 or something with phones. And I was like, like these girls with these phones. And then I came home and like, my sisters have phones. And I was like, mom, like, what are you doing? Give me anyway. So it's just, it's just so funny. Like to, to, um, yeah, just to see all those things kind of unfolding. And now the missionaries have, you know, laptops and everything is on zoom and digital. And it's just such a different man. It's just been like hyperdrive, like the last 20 years have been just revolutionary in so many ways. And it's kind of freaky to think that that's what our kids are going to be like. They're going to be in like the, the warp zone, you know, like just throw them in, throw them in there. I don't know what it's going to look like, but fingers they're going to yeah. serve full-time missions from their bedrooms in foreign countries. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, like, I feel like sometimes that's, you know, like when we drop meals off to the elders, sometimes like they're having a lesson, you know, like from their flat and, and, um, you know, why not, why not? But, yeah. um, yeah, it's just gotta be, it's just a different world, right? It's so different, but it has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Like you said, pretty crazy. Yeah. It's, it's been great, but I think, I think my, my, my final thought about the Marines is just, um, yeah, I think that they really set the tone of just love. I, I didn't know President Wilkinson, but everybody that I talked to that had been, you know, with both presidents, they, they just really would talk about and, and know 
disrespect to President Wilkinson, but um, I think that there were a lot of issues in the in the mission before I came in, where lots of missionaries got sent home, and he just kind of cleaned house. Um, and they would say, you know, he's kind of like the you know the Old Testament, and President Breen's coming in as like the New Testament, the higher law of like, hey. Like, I'm not going to be checking up on every little thing you do. You know what you're supposed to be doing. And if you aren't going to do it, you should be here. You know, like, or, you know, just, just really um, that feeling of, like, trust and, like, this is what we're about. You know, like, I have confidence in you and just, yeah, just get it. Let's just get it done, you know, for the Lord. And um, and I feel like that's really carried over into, like, the rest of my life, honestly, is that feeling of, like, it's okay. Like the Lord's got it. I'll just participate as much as I can and do the best that I can. And he's, he's got it, you know? So I can, I can think at least partially the brains for that. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Allison, it's been really wonderful catching up with you and having you share your experience in Scotland. Um, We've only talked to a couple of your companions so far. So those that we haven't spoken to yet, I can tell you that uh, um, none of your other companions are on our future schedule at this point in time. So if you can help us connect those those sisters with us, we would love yeah. to have them. Um, beyond that, is there any other um, people from the mission that you haven't heard from or that you haven't been on the podcast yet that you'd like to call out tonight and say that they need to be on here in the future with us. Oh man, just everybody, right? Like it's so fun to catch up and hear all of the stories and like just everything, like things you forget and you're like, Oh yeah, like that was awkward. You know, like just so many things, <laughs> kilts, like kilts, like just that's awkward. Like let's just, I don't know. <laughs> My, my daughter's my, my daughter's like mom did you did you know that the guys don't wear underwear under their kilts and I was like yeah I know <laughs> they're just like what <laughs> so anyway no I think everything um it's just so good to to be able to um think about it again and I should say we my husband and I did get to go back um we went back in 2019 just before COVID wow Is that right yeah hmm. I think it was 2019 and it's just like, we got to go back up on Pratt's Hill. Um, and I was just like gushing to him, like, this is why this is so cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have to tell you this one last thing. Sorry about that. <laughs> so my so my husband and I went and stayed in an Airbnb that was just like a very typical missionary flat, right? Like it's just somebody's house. And this is the first night that we were back in, that we were in the UK at all. I'm pretty sure, for sure the first night that we were in Scotland. And I just been telling him, you know, we'd driven, driven up there, I was telling him about my mission and all these different things and um, driving past stuff and like, oh, this is, you know, this is where this was. And uh, that night we like, we just got into the flat and we just looked around and you know how they're, they're like a different layout. Like they've got the bedrooms kind of towards the front and then you walk down the hallway and then there's like the living room and the kitchen back here. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if it was that, like that it was just very different setup than the United States, you know, typical layout of things. Or if it was just that we'd been talking about it, but I had this nightmare that that first night I was like, Oh, there's a man in my bed. <laughs> like, I, was just like, oh. I was so, I was like, mortified and like in the middle of my dream I was like no 
oh, the president is going to find out. Oh my gosh, I got away. Oh, it was like the worst <laughs> feeling ever. And then, you know, I woke up and I was like, oh, no, it's my husband. I'm okay. I'm okay. Like, I'm not on a mission anymore. It's okay. But it was just like, just was, it was just one of those awesome, like, ah, oh, never would have, I, I couldn't have paid money for that experience. Like to just, you know, just to feel immersed and like afraid that I was breaking a mission rule. And I still like, I think Sister Sam has said this, like, I still have dreams about like being on my mission or like being in the NTC and being like, but I have children. Like how am I in the mid? Like, like, anyway, it's just like little things like that are so funny. It just never goes away. Right. Like you, it's just always part of who you are. So sweet stuff. Yeah, Missions are the best. Yep. Yeah. So everybody, to answer your question, everybody. Everybody. everybody Great answer. Should, All yeah. right. You heard, you heard it. Everybody's listening. Get in line. It's time to come on the podcast. Yes, indeed. Well, Allison, we really appreciate you again. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, this has been great. We really have enjoyed it. And your stories were awesome. So don't uh, second guess yourself. We enjoyed every minute of it. So really thank you again for coming on. Um, And know that we love you. We're so grateful that you were one of our sisters in the Scotland Edinburgh mission. And uh, we'll look forward to many more interactions in the future. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thanks for doing this. Such a great idea. Oh, you bet. It's truly our pleasure. We've really enjoyed it just as much as everybody else. So we will say goodnight. Thanks, Allison. Love you. Hey, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.